can hear the echo of the scripture, right, from Philippians. Pray that your love might abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you might discern what is best and be blameless and pure until the day of Christ Jesus. I appreciate uh, Aaron and Cindy and how they and Carson uh, for how they help and bless this church family. Aren't you thankful for them? I am. I could go around. You could look around. But aren't you thankful for the church family? Because you, you know each other. Many of you who have been here a while, there's new people here, but you may not know everybody. But those of you, you, you've spoken about how, oh, this is a teacher. Oh, I love how this person helps lead in music. Oh, these people serve and serve faithfully just to make the sound system work and the streaming go online, which has been so important during these days. Thank you guys for all of your work. It's a body, right? It's a body of Jesus Christ. We've been praying for the Holy Spirit to come here and to bless us. And yet we know, let's just be honest, that this is a difficult time for Valley Baptist Church. We are looking around. We know that a lot of have left. We know that this church is deciding in some ways, are we truly a church? I mean, it's a church building. And yes, we are a 501c3 organization, you know, non-profit. You know, we all got all that. There's money in the bank, and that's fine. But the question is, is this a spiritual body that is a church of the Lord Jesus Christ? So we started last week looking at what are the four characteristics of a biblical church because you are to ask just what Aaron prayed, that we would discern what is best, that we would understand from the Lord if this is really, truly His church, His people, being His people in this place. Well, what are those characteristics? Last week, we looked at this idea. The essential characteristic, number one, of a local church is that we are a confessional people. In other words, we have something that we say that we believe. And that confession is centrally, Jesus is Lord. And we don't just say Jesus is Lord because, you know, the, even the demons believe that. But they don't make Him Lord. We are called not only to say and confess Jesus is Lord, that He is risen from the dead, that He is our only salvation, but we also are to live out the fact that Jesus is Lord of our life daily. So we said that we are a confessional people. It begins with Jesus is Lord. But let me give you essential number two today. This might surprise you. Essential number two, we are a spiritual people. A spiritual people. Now, let me define that a little bit. What is a spiritual people? There are four components that I have sort of up here in my little nice uh, seminary definition. Uh, this is one that I wrote, um, so maybe it didn't come from seminary, but it's one that I worked on. It's the idea that it's a regenerate. That's with an R, not degenerate. Regenerate people, okay? We, are, we might have been degenerate, but we're, you know, we're saved from that. We're a regenerate. What does that mean? Born again people. That we are a spirit-filled group of Christians who have the right spiritual gifts that are arranged by God to be a local body of Christ. That's a complicated little, nice little seminary-level, high-level definition there. And some of you guys are going, okay, I've already, is this going to be on the test? That's what my students would be asking me. Is this going to be on the exam? Because do I need to write this one down? Okay, think about it with a regenerate, born-again spirit-filled group of people who have the right spiritual gifts that are arranged by God in the right way to be a local group of people. Let's unpack this uh, as we go through the scriptures together. 
first, a regenerate people. Go ahead and flip to that next slide. We'll see this. A regenerate people. We see this in Ephesians chapter 1. In verse 13 it says, look at this. If you become a Christian, this is true about you. And you were included in Christ. You became a Christian. You are at, It's not because you were born in a Christian family. No, no. You were included in Christ when you what? Heard the message of truth. What's the message of truth? That Jesus, the Son of the living God, came, died for your sins upon a cross, and three days later rose again, and that salvation is found in no one else but Him. We talked about that last week. That's the message of truth. It's the good news, he says, the gospel of your salvation. This is how you go to heaven. This is how you have a relationship with God. This is what takes away your sins. He says, when you believed it, keep reading, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. spiritual people. You're not just a saved people. You're not just a forgiven people. But you are a brand new people. Brand new people. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, lives in you as a seal, as a marker, as something that can't be taken away. It's, a, it's like a, tar, a, a tattoo from God um, right on your whole life. The Holy Spirit has come to indwell you. You are something different. You are a spiritual it says uh, in the next verse in Ephesians, no, in Titus, when he's describing the gospel, in Titus chapter 3, it says, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing, rebirth, and renewal by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you who've been Christians for a while, you say, no, 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 Mike, you just said we were saved by putting our faith in Jesus. That's true. Do you remember the song we were just singing, Blessed Assurance? Do you know that one pretty well? That's when I grew up singing. And it says, Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. We are a born-again, regenerate people. See, here's how it works. In Titus chapter 3, if we let, read the whole passage, he says, At one time, you all were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Anybody dealt with addictions? According to that passage, we all have. Foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. He says we lived in envy and malice, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, there it is, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing, rebirth, and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So that having been justified by Christ Jesus, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. You you see, the whole, Jesus justifies you. He takes your sins away. He paid for the sins on the cross. But the Holy Spirit makes you the new creation. It's two parts of salvation. One is being forgiven. Jesus accomplished that when you put your faith in Him. But you are not... I mean, let's face facts. I'm saved, but I'm still the same old, dumb, rotten, terrible person that I always was. I don't know why, but there's part of me that keeps being drawn to sin. And so God also saved us by giving us the power, the Holy Spirit, to indwell us as people, to make us something different. We are person 2.0. That's what Paul says. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He's a new creation, or the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are, get ready for my philosophy terms, metaphysically, ontologically different than what you were before. If you, people you know, maybe they're friends, maybe they're family, that aren't believers in Jesus Christ, you are actually right now metaphysically, ontologically different because God's Spirit lives inside you. hope of salvation, right? The hope of glory is Christ in you, says the Apostle Paul in Colossians. Have you been born again? That was what Jesus asked to Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader. He grew up with church. He grew up with religion. He grew up with God all around him. He was Israel's teacher. He was a leader among the the, the Israelite people. Jesus says, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. And he said, it meant by the Holy Spirit. Well, it's not just being born again. If you're really going to be a church, it better be regenerate people. It can't just, otherwise we're just a club. Otherwise we're just a civic organization. We need to be a regenerate group of people. But number two, we need to actually be a spirit-filled group of people. Now that's a little different. What is it we talking about? When we use the phrase spirit-filled, this is one that's been around a long time amongst Christian circles, but it's referring to certain passages that the Apostle Paul talks about. One is in Galatians chapter 5, where he says, "Say, I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh or of your sinful nature. What is he talking about? He goes on to explain it. He says, because the flesh or your sinful nature, you, is at war with the Holy Spirit inside you. You ever feel that? You know, when you're tempted? And it's like, mm, and there's this, mm, I better not, oh, but, mm, but I really want, oh. There's a war inside all of us every day. We're yielding to the Holy Spirit, asking for God's Spirit to fill us and strengthen us, or we're giving in to our flesh. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. It's not gone. But <laughs> we're not being filled. We're not walking according to the Spirit. We have a candle. I practiced. Some of you are upset about that. Anybody upset? Like, you just blew up the candle. That's a symbol. Here's what you need to be upset about. Don't be upset about that. You need to be upset about the how in your life you blow out the Holy Spirit all the time. Now, it's not gone. You are still regenerate. You are born again. The Holy Spirit is inside you. But you say no to God, you resist, you go and choose sin. It's like you just poured, you quenched the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what you need to be upset about. Not blowing out a candle, but blowing out the Holy Spirit in your life. That's why, I mean, there's quarreling and fights and feuds when we're insisting on our own way within the body of Christ and in our own lives. Look what it says in Ephesians 5. Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's where the phrase comes from. What's the Apostle Paul talking about here? It's this idea, well, I like, anybody with me on the chocolate milk thing? You you like the chocolate syrup? I have this new uh, little ice cream invention that I invented during the pandemic. 
It's vanilla ice cream. Now, usually vanilla bean, because I like the vanilla bean better. You put the vanilla bean ice cream in there and the chocolate syrup. Several Oreo thin, those Oreo thin ones, not with the lot of cream, but the thin ones, so it's got mostly cookie. You put that all in there and you mix it together with a little milk. It makes the, I mean, it's like, it's like, I mean, it is good. I mean, it is really good. But you got to get, I mean, you got to really mix it together, right? Because, I mean, it's got to, you know, or else it just, you know, it clumps up. You've got to really mix it together. The Holy Spirit is in you, like pouring that Hershey chocolate right into the milk. But it's going to sit at the bottom. We've got to continually say, Lord, have your way. Lord, fill me up. Lord, have your way. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. And when you start saying, "Mm, God, I know you're calling me to that, but I want to say no. Well, see, there's a sin over here I want to have. You are quenching the Holy Spirit in your life. We are a regenerate group of people. If you have your faith in Jesus Christ, check. You're regenerate. You're born again. But the question for all of us is, are we living according to the Spirit? And that's a daily check. We need to, moment by moment, are we yielding to the Holy Spirit? Well, number three... And this is the one that I think is really challenging for us right now. Because hopefully we have learned some of these lessons. But get ready for number three. You ready for number three? Young students, you're listening to me, right? Because this is a tricky one. Number three. We are a gifted, spiritually gifted people. The Christians as a body, if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you certain spiritual gifts. Not just talents, but certain spiritual gifts. Look at how Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 12. He says there are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same. But in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. God gives us through the Holy Spirit these spiritual gifts, and there are different types of gifts, but they are to work together within the body of Christ. He goes on to explain it this way um, in verse um, 12, no, verse 28. And God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and helping and guidance and of different kinds of tongues. He doesn't list all of the spiritual gifts here, but he lists a whole set. For a church to be a biblical church. Not just a group of Christians, not just a group of Christians that are yielded to the Holy Spirit, not just a group of Christians who love the Lord together, but to actually be a church, you need to have the right spiritual gifts. Jesus gives them. God gives them through his Holy Spirit. He gives some to be these teachers, these prophets, these apostles, these people that have works of service and healing. He gives gifts to the church. If the church doesn't have the right pieces probably not a biblical church that's a question okay anybody do puzzles over this uh uh, pandemic when we were all isolated and apart from each other my wife and i did puzzles actually became really a hot commodity they were like selling like crazy on on ebay and and uh you know amazon now you could get them from you know get a used puzzle from someone and get it cheaper on like an ebay or something right that's smarter Except, you know what happens? You got a missing piece. And so you get all the way down. You can flip to that next slide. Um, There are missing parts, right? And there's that last puzzle piece. And you're just like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's an annoyance. That is a pain. That's an inconvenience. It's a disappointment. Back in 1988, 
there was an Aloha flight, flight whatever it was, uh, 243, I think. Flight 243 was flying inter-island, Aloha Airlines between it, and there was a massive structural failure, uh, a, a decompression that happened. And literally part of the whole fuselage of the airplane tore off. It was tragic. Uh, one of the, the flight attendants who was not buckled in lost their lives. Everybody else was graciously saved. Not to make light of that, but I will say that that plane didn't fly anymore, right? It's missing an essential part, namely the roof. Nobody wants a convertible airplane, right? Uh, we, we just, we, we, that's essential. We got to have that. The wings, we're not saying, oh, wings are optional. No, 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 no. If you don't have certain parts, you're not an airplane. The local church is the same. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. If there are no teachers, if there are no evangelists, if there's no pastors, leaders, if there's no people that do service, if there's no people that do the workings of the church, it's no longer a body of Christ. It's a group of Christians that are getting together that like each other, but to be, a, I mean, we can do that and have fellowship and have cookout at my house. That would be great. But if we're a church... There better be evangelists and pastor teachers. Why? Well, the Apostle Paul explains it. Look what he says in verse 11 of chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. So Christ gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor teachers. For many Bible scholars, they believe those are the four essentials. To equip God's people for works of service so the body may be built up. Uh, go on to the next slide. Until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Without the pastor teachers, the apostles, the evangelists, the church isn't going to grow, the church isn't going to develop, the people of the church aren't going to discover their gifts, they're not going to be working together, and they're not going to be the light of Christ in the world. As we look at Valley Baptist Church and take a hard look in the mirror, this becomes our question. Has God given us the spiritual gifts? And finally, and we can't actually miss this, we have to be a spiritually gifted people that are arranged and called to be a body of Christ by Christ himself. We are arranged. Look again at verse 4. There are different gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Some translations say arranges them. Um, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them, um, the, at, at, at the same time, the same God is at work. What is he saying? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that distributes these gifts and weds them together. So let's say a wonderful group of Christians decides to go to a Christian concert. Josh, pretty good worship leader. He's great. I have another one of my college students, Jermaine. That young man can kind of preach. We'll put him in the car. He wants to go to the Christian concert. Um, oh, oh, we've got some good teachers. Erica, you know, you remember her. She graduated. She's a great teacher. Put her in the car. Now we've got preachers and teachers. Oh, Jalen. Jalen's an evangelist. Oh, he's a good student. We'll put him in the car. And all four of them are driving to a Christian concert. We have the different gifts. They're all regenerate, born-again believers. Are they a church? No, they're just a group of Christians that are driving to a Christian concert. They just happen to be in the same car. The Holy Spirit puts us together into a church. Now, do you realize that? That that means that you are an essential part. Uh, that you are a, a piece. Flip to the next slide. That, that there's this assembly that's required by the Lord Jesus. That he puts us together. And if he has called you to be part of this church, that means certain things. 
that if this is a church and he has called you to be here, you have a gift and you have a role to play. This is from the Lord. This is not just, you know, I think I should be in charge of, uh, uh, oh, you know, I really want to be the pastor. No, no, no. It's not that. It's arranged by the Lord. And we as a body discover what are those gifts and what roles are we called to play. But none of us are called to just sit. I just didn't roll. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I fill a pew. <laughs> no, no, don't need that. <laughs> um, we're called to be part of the body. Each of us has spiritual gifts and we're called to work together. We are called to work together. Um, verse 12, or chapter 12, 1 Corinthians, verse 29. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all the te- are teachers? No. Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But don't miss this verse. Verse 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. I'm going to ask you to do something with me this morning. I'm going to ask you to stop and pray. Stop and pray these three things. Uh, First, we're going to pray that, one, God would fill this place, as we've been praying this morning, and our individual lives with the Holy Spirit. Would you stop right now and simply confess, Lord, I haven't been yours. I haven't been yielded to your Spirit in all ways. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Would you take a moment to pray for Valley? Say, Lord, send us gifts, spiritual gifts, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Would you put them in this place? Give gifts to your body. Father, give us the gifts of your Spirit. Place the right pieces in this place for your work. And finally, would you join me in praying that make us, make me your vessel, your instrument in this community, in this world. Would you take this church, these peoples, and me individually and use me for your kingdom? Lord, we belong to you. This place belongs to you. These people that are yours, bought by your blood, belong to you. Lord, help us live out the calling that you have. Give us gifts of the Spirit where we are deficient, um, individually and even from people that are not here yet. Lord, fill this place with your Spirit-filled people that we might love each other and witness to the love we have to the world and share that love with others, that message of your Son, Jesus our King. God, take over in this place. Have your way. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.